ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. Present The Drive. The Drive with Paul Swan. Welcome into the Friday, August 31st edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. High school football Friday night is back. Our game here is Huntington High. Huntington High taking on Riverside. That's going to be our Kindred Digital Sports Game of the Week as well. We're going to be video streaming that one tonight. You can watch that game on our Facebook page. Also, go to WRVC.com or If you can't do any of that, you can listen to the game right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930, your home of Huntington Highlanders football all season long. Chris Tatum, Woody Woodrum will have the call. We're going to talk to Woody later on the program. Later on as well, we're going to hear from Adam Rogers. He'll give us a preview of Cabell Midland. They're taking on Parkersburg tonight. And in a few minutes, we're going to hear from the voice of the Spring Valley Timberwolves. Matt Perry is going to join us on the program. Matt's got a good one tonight. Spring Valley taking on Hurricane. That should be a dandy, one of the better games in the Tri-State. He's going to give us the preview on that. And, of course, don't forget, we've got Chesapeake as well. Chesapeake is on our sister station, Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. So we've got a lot of games for you tonight. And, of course, you can watch our game of the week. Go to the website every week at WRVC.com. This week it just happens to be our game as well, and that's Huntington High at Riverside. So we'll get into the high school sports later on. Marshall is tomorrow. So game one, Marshall taking on the Miami Redhawks. Homecoming. Now, we talked a little bit about this yesterday, and it's more of a scheduling thing than a let's stick it to Marshall thing. That's okay. If I'm a Herd fan, I'm taking it that way anyway. But when you go to the game tomorrow, if you're a Herd fan going up, you always have to go and take in a little bit of the cradle of coaches. Say what you will about Miami, and I know you will. I'm not going to stop you. But they've got a plaza, and they've got statues. Plaza and statues. Take photos Take a look at what that looks like. Wouldn't that be cool in Huntington? Now, I'm not saying a cradle of coaches, but wouldn't that be cool in Huntington to have some statues, a plaza, do something with the stadium, have a plaza area a little bit? Maybe you could get that at Reggie Oliver's statue one day. Some of the greats have heard football. Maybe you can do something like that. I'm just throwing it out there. Of course, The buzzword is everybody deserves a statue. Statues are the thing to ask for these days for guys. And there are several guys who really deserve one. I think that's fair, right? There are several guys who, if you're going to do something like this, they deserve a statue. We're not going to get into that today, but I think that would be cool. If you had something like that, they do it right as far as honoring some of their past coaches, people who have been a big part of the program, who have been significant and have gone on. I mean, the cradle of coaches is really, you're talking about Woody Hayes. You're talking about Bo Schimbeckler. You're talking about Paul Brown. And we could go on and on and on. We're not going to because we'd be here a while. So whatever you love or hate about Miami, one thing that's pretty cool is the cradle of coaches. So Marshall taking on Miami tomorrow. We'll have that game for you right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 
I'm interested in the quarterback position. We have not yet got the final word. We'll find out tomorrow. Doc Holliday and his presser earlier this week said the first person that will know will be Jason Corrier, Marshall's Sports Information Director. Then I'm probably going to get an email or a text along with a lot of other people who are not at the stadium. Here's the starting quarterback. So we'll finally know. I'm not going to know for a pregame tomorrow. So we're going to talk about that. We'll speculate it. And by the way, we're going to be at Roosters tomorrow. If you're not going to the game, then you're coming to Roosters. We'll have the game. ESPN Plus, we we checked. We made sure they've got it. So come to Roosters. If you can't get ESPN Plus, stick right here. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930, 93.7 The Dog. We've got you covered for the game. You can listen to the game on your radio for free if you can't afford the subscription. Don't want to even fool with the subscription at ESPN Plus, whatever the case may be. If you don't want to deal with it, that's fine. We got you covered. We got you covered at Roosters. We got you covered with the game here on the radio. So that's what it looks like tomorrow. Today, though, high school football action across the tri-state. I'm excited. This is week two for high school for us in West Virginia and Ohio. I think they've been playing football since uh, March in Kentucky just because college for us really begins tomorrow. Yes, there were a few games. I looked a little bit of Central Florida. I watched a little bit of that. No, I'm good. I spent more time actually listening to the game with the Bengals, not because it meant anything. They're taking on the Colts, and they're going to take on the Colts again. Here's the preseason schedule. Chicago. Okay, look at the schedule. No, Chicago's not on the schedule in the regular season. That's cool. Dallas. Okay, looking down the schedule. No, Dallas isn't on the schedule. That's pretty cool. Buffalo. Let's scroll down the schedule. Nope, I don't see Buffalo there. Okay, that's pretty cool, too. Indianapolis. Okay, Thursday, August 30th. First game for the Bengals on the road Sunday, September 9th at Indianapolis. What? Oh, come on, NFL schedule makers. You know better. You know better. I get it. It's a convenience thing, really, because Cincinnati and Indianapolis, they're pretty close to each other. As far as NFL cities are concerned, unless you've got two teams that are in the same city, I don't think it gets any closer. Those two are pretty close, so this is an easy trip. I get that. Maybe you're doing somebody a favor because you've got Thursday game right after that, back at Paul Brown Stadium. So you're taking on the Colts, and then... You're taking on Baltimore on the 13th. I'm thinking about going to that game. I'm not sure yet. I'm thinking about it. Definitely want to. It's a Thursday, though. It's Baltimore. I'm into it. I'm down with it. But I don't know if that's going to work in my schedule. But if I'm going to go to a game, that's one I've circled. I, Baltimore. I love seeing the Bengals play Baltimore. I don't know why. Maybe because it's a divisional thing. Maybe because the Baltimore Ravens are the true Cleveland Browns, so that's where I get that rivalry thing going again. Yeah, I'm thinking the Bengals are playing the real Cleveland. I don't know. I'm sure I've just ticked off a couple of Cleveland Browns fans and looking right at one. Our show producer is Gabriel Sullards, who has been a child of misery since his birth. His parents, father more likely than anybody in that family, 
brainwash this child to become a Cleveland Browns fan. I was always wondering, how do fans become Cleveland Brown fans? If you're not born in Cleveland, you're not born in the factory of sadness, in that misery, how do you become a Cleveland Browns fan? Because I just can't imagine a kid going, hey, I want to follow the NFL. And I, I live in West Virginia. So where do I become a where do I go? Where do I become a fan? All right. And if you live in West Virginia, you're probably getting brainwashed right now. It's like, oh, you got to be a Steelers fan. No, no. You don't have to be. You have a choice, son. You have a choice. But if you don't end up just brainwashed and becoming a Steelers fan, where do you go? Patriots? Okay, that's a bandwagon a lot of people jump on. I can see that. No, you jump on the Cleveland Brown bandwagon. What the heck? All right, uh, we're going to come back and break. We're going to talk high school football. Coming up next, we have got the voice of the Spring Valley Timberwolves. Matt Perry joins us next on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Buckle up. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the August 31st edition Drive continues on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Spring Valley's got a good one tonight playing host to Hurricane. We're going to have that game on our sister station. I'm telling you right now, you want to tune in to 92.7 to 98.5, the planet for that one, because it's going to be a big one. And we've got the voice of the Spring Valley Timberwolves joining us now. Matt Perry is on the program. Matt, thanks for joining us. Looking forward to doing this every week with you. Boy, we got a good one tonight, don't we? Hurricane of Spring Valley, that should be probably, uh, that's the big game of the week, at least locally, of the teams that didn't have to travel out of, out of Huntington in the area. That's probably the bigger game of the week for everybody. Oh, for sure. You know, I'm biased, but for sure it's the game of the week. And, Paul, thank you for having me on. It's a true pleasure. So, what is it about Spring Valley Hurricane? You look at schools that just maybe the kids don't get along you think, okay, Huntington High, Cabell Midland. Huntington High, Spring Valley. Spring Valley, Cabell Midland. You know that. That's just natural. But Spring Valley Hurricane, it, it feels like there's a, something a little extra about this one all the time. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense when you think of it that way. Um, growing up as a, a Spring Valley alumnus, um, Hurricane was always uh, one of those games where, now I'm speaking from a baseball perspective because that's what I grew up playing, but you know they were a dominant powerhouse in baseball, and we did not get along with them at all. We'd always go up there, and usually we fell short. And so in football now, the reason that this is such a circled game and such a game of the week, in my opinion, is Hurricane came and Hurricane – beat Spring Valley last year. And as you know, Spring Valley, um, state runner-up in AAA, they were not used to getting beat. And Hurricane smacked them in the mouth last week, early in the season. Last year, excuse me, early in the season. It feels like Spring Valley is starting to warm up because last week Timberwolves came out. Big win against Wayne. That was a game that a lot of people were looking forward to. And Spring Valley just came out and shut Wayne down. I was very surprised by that. This, I thought to myself, uh-oh. Spring Valley's loaded. Here we go again. The run's on. Well, think about this for a moment. Spring Valley, they're just alone on the offensive line, has three Division One recruits on their offensive line alone. Doug Nestor, the five-star recruit, going to the Ohio State Buckeyes. This week, five offers have came in for new tackle Wyatt 
Milam. Wyatt Milam is a sophomore, and he has been offered from Louisville, Virginia Tech, Marshall, and two others. And injured player who's not even healthy yet, but when this team gets fully healthy, Zach Williamson, a 6'6", 303-pound lineman, he's going to Louisville next year. So you you have ACC talent all across this offensive line and defensive line, and they absolutely dominated the Wayne Pioneers from start to finish last week. They controlled the line of scrimmage. Wayne, Paul, listen to this. Wayne had zero passing yards, and they had 92 yards rushing for the entire game. 92 yards for the entire game. Spring Valley, And that was on Spring Valley's JV and freshman team in the second half. This one might be a little tougher just because we know it's Hurricane. What do you know about this squad? They had a tough one last week. They won over Winfield 24-13. That was a rivalry game, so you know that's going to be a little closer if uh, both teams are about the same. So what do you expect coming out of this one tonight? I talked to Coach Dingus about what he saw on film against the Redskins, and he said Hurricane is one of the most balanced attacks in the Mountain State Athletic Conference. They balance the run and pass almost 50-50. They have a junior quarterback that has taken over the reins from last year's starter. They have a very strong kicking game. They're very good in the special teams. And they have a high-octane wide receiver. Do not have the name. I apologize for that. But he is 6'6", and he can stretch the field. Joining us on the program, the voice of the Spring Valley Timberwolves, Matt Perry. You can join him tonight. You can listen to the game. We'll have it for you on 92.7 and 98.5 The Planet. Uh, we got a couple more video stream games coming up this year for Spring Valley as well. How was that last week? You, ha- you got the video stream. <laughs> week one, you, you got the, the game on, on the planet. You got the video stream. It's Wayne. It's Spring Valley. Felt a little different for you, didn't it? It was one of the uh, coolest experiences of my life. You know, I, I went to broadcasting school for a few years, but I do this I, I do this for fun. I'm a, I'm a history teacher at Srita Canova Middle School, and so when I was asked to uh, – to uh, take over the reins as the official voice of the Spring Valley Timberwolves, I jumped at it. First week, I come into the box, and there is all of this fancy streaming equipment. We're going on Facebook Live. Uh, I'm on Kindred Communications, which is a true treat uh, for the first time, learning how to do the, all the equipment. Uh, it was head-spinning, to be honest with you, Paul, but uh, we think that um, we brought everybody the game to the best of our ability, and we had a blast doing it. My color commentator, Clue Harden, and myself, uh, we were high-fiving at the end of the game. We just thought it was so awesome to um, experience that, especially for many years, other than the last two years, Spring Valley was somewhat of an afterthought. Uh, We struggled a lot after consolidation, and I'm not making excuses for the Timberwolves, but it took a while to get our uh, feet set and to um, truly become a AAA power that we felt that the Timberwolves could be. And so over the last few years, to see the attention that's come to Spring Valley and to see the media um, attention that comes towards our boys in the powder blue it's really cool to see. I gotta admit, the powder blue is pretty cool. Oh, I love the alternate unis. One day they're gonna bust those out, but tonight they're in the navy blue with the uh, powder blue trim. Okay, um, you know there's some pretty good games you can bust those out. I'm looking at uh, games I circle for Spring Valley, and you know looking at that schedule, I circle next week against Cabell Midland. Mm-hmm. I circle November second against Huntington High. You can circle almost any of these two, but those are the two I'm looking for those unis to come out of. I mean, if, if you bring those out. I would out, love to see it again. Yeah. Homecoming or against Huntington, 
I think would be a perfect opportunity. Now, Paul, I want you to think about this. If you look at that schedule just a little bit further, we've been talking about this road trip since the schedule came out. Spring Valley plays four straight road games after tonight. And this is no slouch, as you said. Hurricane beat this team last year. If they take care of business tonight against the Redskins, they travel to Cabell Midland, to Capitol, to South Charleston, and to George Washington in four consecutive weeks. A month straight. For That is one of the most difficult road stretches I've seen in AAA high school ball around here in a long time. I was looking at schedules, and I noted that Spring Valley's got that road trip. Cabell Midland's got Hurricane Capital, Riverside, and then Belfry uh, all in a row as far as road games are concerned. Who's making these schedules for you guys? <laughs> I was talking to Coach Dingus about scheduling last week, and um, he said it was the most difficult schedule that he's ever had to put uh, together. Wayne County does not employ athletic directors anymore. There is no athletic director, so it is up to the coaches, and it is up to the principals to make these schedules. Well, if you read a piece by Grant Trailer in the Herald-Dispatch last week, neither coach, Wayne nor Spring Valley, Tommy Harmon at Wayne or Brad Dingus at Spring Valley, even knew they were playing each other. It was all done uh, by the principals. That schedule game with the Pioneers threw everything off. So with that scheduling mishap, Huntington was moved to the end of the year, and that is what caused the four straight road games for the Spring Valley Timberwolves. Well, it makes for a great game at the end of the year, I'll say that. But, yeah, uh, it's not fair to the, the Timberwolves to have four straight on the road, especially against Cabell Midland, South Charleston, GW, and Capital. There's, uh, there's no way that uh, any team comes out of that uh, at least unscathed. There might be some bangs and bruises. That's going to be tough. You win all four of those, yeah, you got something. Yeah, and that is something that I believe really is bothering Coach Dingus. It's not the, he's not going to make excuses for the four road games. You won't hear Brad Dingus do that. But he is worried about the health of his team. He is not at full strength, and he has made it known that he's not going to be at full strength until possibly that capital game. So, as I said, you have a Louisville recruit, Zach Williamson, who's on the bench on the sideline with an injured leg. So he needs all hands on deck for that month-long trip. Joining us on the program, he's the voice of the Spring Valley Timberwolves, Matt Perry. You can listen to the game tonight on our sister station, 92.7 and 98.5 The Planet. Matt, we're going to be doing this every single week, so I'm looking forward to it as Spring Valley uh, gets ready to continue their run we're going to be doing this a long time. You know it. Past November 2nd, we're going to be doing this a long time. So just go ahead and get your playoff uh, <laughs> spot ready now. We'll be doing this probably until uh, close to, if not, the Super 6. I'm extremely excited for this season. Um, as I said, uh, it's just a joy to be on the planet now. And uh, it's a ride that uh, my color commentator, Clue Harden, and myself are going to enjoy while it lasts. Very, uh, an ext- I've been thinking about tonight's game for days, reading a little bit about the Redskins and talking to some of the players for the Timberwolves. Um, they're ready. Um, Grayson Malashevich, who had a huge game last week with the interception, a huge uh, touchdown catch. He had over 100 yards receiving, had an interception, had a rushing touchdown. He said that he has circled this Hurricane game the day he saw the schedule. He wants Hurricane, and when you have motivated kids like that, it's going to be an exciting game to watch. Looking forward to it next week, and I'm looking forward to this one tonight. It's coming up. It's Hurricane Spring Valley. Listen to that on 92.7 and 98.5 The Planet. We'll talk to you next week. Have fun tonight, and um, next week it's a big one. It's really big, but we got to right, get past Paul. this one the first. 
I look forward to Cabell Midland next week, and I look forward to talking to you next week. I'll see you soon. Thanks, Matt. That's Matt Perry. He's the voice of the Spring Valley Timberwolves. Um, Jason Toy's the voice of the Cabell Midland Knights. Um, he's unavailable. That's okay. I think I got the better end of the deal. I got Adam Rogers, who's on the broadcast. He's coming up next here. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We continue to preview high school football across the Tri-State. we got a pretty good one coming up tonight. Campbell Midlands at Parkersburg. You can catch it on 97.9 The River. Campbell Midland making the trek up the stadium field. And one of the voices that you're going to hear in the broadcast tonight is Adam Rogers. Campbell Midland last week, the offense was on display. Defense was there, too, but the offense was on display. You you could say that. You could say that. Uh, I think 55 points in the first half is pretty telling that the offense was, was there. Uh, then in the second half, uh, you know, first team was put back on the, the sidelines, got some other guys in, and then uh, got a, a second-half touchdown, too, out of it for, for the night. So uh, really, really solid game last week for Cabell Midland against a uh, St. Albans team that you can tell is still in the rebuilding phase, and you know a new coach there, first year for St. Albans. So uh, you know things are still trying to take hold there. But Cattle Midland is a very well established program at this point, as we well know. And the Knights did what the Knights do best, and that's run the football and pound it down your throat. But at the same time, Cattle Midland also does have a little bit of a passing game out there as well. Now, Jay School was five of eleven there in the first half, throwing the football around, had a couple of touchdowns, and looked pretty good throwing the football around. They they switched the offense up a little bit now, Paul. They were running out of that wing T, uh, you know, under center motion a lot with that offensive set. Now it's more of a spread style, running it out of the shotgun, but they're still keeping the the base root of what Cabell Midland does still at heart, despite changing schemes up, going from that wing tee to the spread. They still love to run the football, and with that passing ability with Gould, it really opens things up because they can run the read option all day long because Gould can carry a fake out extremely well. Vaughn sells it hard as well when he's back there carrying the football. If he's not going to get it, he acts as if he has it, and he'll fake you out, and then Gould makes a great throw. Uh, He's still trying to work on his timing a little bit when it comes to throwing the ball, but he's got a great arm, and if if they've worked on that timing a little bit more in this last week since last Friday, I think that this passing attack could be a really potent thing for Cabell Midland as the season progresses on. I'm sure in that game last week, St. Albans got sick and tired of seeing a kid named Vaughn on the field. They got sick of seeing that name. Yeah, because it wasn't just one Vaughn, it was two Vaughns. It was Ivan Vaughn, who's the starting tailback, and then Isaiah Vaughn, his younger brother, just tearing it up. They combined for six total touchdowns. Ivan had three rushing, caught a pass for 40 yards as well off of a screen for a score, and then Ivan, or Isaiah, excuse me, had two more scores as well. And, I mean, the Vaughn brothers just put a, an absolute hurting on the St. Albans Red Dragons defense. And, uh, I mean, I would expect uh, the, the Vaughn brothers to, to get back to work again tonight against Parkersburg. But Parkersburg is still a very good team. You know, the Big Reds are getting back to where, uh, you know, people have experienced Big Red football before. It's taken some time. But, uh, you know, a tough loss last week against Morgantown on the road on a Thursday night to open up the season. But uh, had a, you know, had some flashes of great there in that game, lost 45-35, to but we're down 17 nothing in the first quarter, 
had 28 unanswered and then had a kickoff return go back and uh, things kind of swung out of favor there uh, going into the second half. But this, again, still a very good Parkersburg Big Red team. Much better than St. Albans. And no offense to St. Albans, but this is not a team to really measure yourself against. No, not by any stretch. And that's uh, Cabell Midland knows that it, it won 62 to nothing. But it still has a lot of room to improve because, you know, the defense played great, but there are a couple of times that, you know, some assignments were missed. And, uh, you know, St. Albans picked up a couple of yards here and there and added a first down and extended a drive longer than it really should have. Uh, had uh, one really bad punt, uh, had a missed extra point, uh, gave up a really long kickoff return that, again, the defense was able to hold off of despite allowing St. Albans to get into the red zone after the kickoff return, but defense held. So, you know, there there are some things that need to be improved, but, uh, you know, overall, I think Cabell Midland's in a really great position to build off of its win from last week, going up to Parkersburg, playing at a great place like Stadium Field, and just getting to experience the, the kind of tradition that is there at Parkersburg. Uh, and especially now with uh, what I'm being told, Jason Toy told me that uh, he went to Cabell Midland's practice the other day and that they were pumping in war chants in, over the PA system at Cabell Midland Field uh, because that's what Parkersburg has started doing again now. They've started pumping in that war chant like you hear at Florida State and it sometimes can be distracting if you're not used to that kind of thing. So Cabell Midland's been practicing for that. They've been blaring it over their new sound system there at stadium at the the castle, and uh, you know, it, hopefully it pays off. But uh, you know, because that can be jarring if you're out there on the field trying to make your calls and trying to get your assignments set up. If you're not used to hearing it, you could be going, "What did you just say?" Like, and a guy standing you know three feet away from you, you should be able to hear that. So you know, it's great work for them to know that this is what Parkersburg is doing. And to be prepared for it. Yeah, but I still think that going up there, it's going to be jarring just a little bit because you can pump in all the sound you want. It's yeah, not until gonna you be actually hear it and you experience it for real, you know, with the crowd noise on top of all that, that is something totally different. But I'm, I'm sure the Knights are prepared to handle this test. Yeah, you've got a big Reds team who, again, they look good but couldn't hang on against Morgantown. So that's a program that, right now is probably a little mad at itself. And so if you've got a team that is demoralized like St. Albans, there's nowhere but up for them. You've got Parkersburg, proud tradition, and then they lose that one in the fashion they did. I'm sure practice was extra special this week getting ready for Cabell Midland. I'm sure it was. I'm sure there's a lot of, a lot of motivation on this big red side, especially knowing that the last time these two teams met, Cabell Midland put 63 on the scoreboard against the Big Reds. So, you know, there's probably a little extra motivation for that as well. And you've got a, a really talented team, again, with Parkersburg. This is not the same kind of team that St. Albans has put out for uh, this season. So, you know, the Big Red is going to come to play, and they've got an all-state tailback there as well. Moeller, fabulous tailback, second team all-state last year, had 150 ru- rushing yards against, St. Al- against uh, Morgantown. But unfortunately, that wasn't enough to get the win. So, you know, again, it's a quality uh, Parkersburg team. question is, is what's going to break first? Is it going to be Cabell Midland uh, giving up a deep pass and maybe breaking the defensive back? Because that was a problem last year for Cabell Midland. St. Albans didn't really get a chance to spread the playbook out a little bit and get some passing attack going. Um, it didn't expose that yet. So, um, you know, that's the question. Is and I'm pretty sure that unlike St. Albans, this will be the first time this season at least that Cabell Midland is going to get punched in the mouth right off the bat. 
to get them out there, especially on defense, that's the first time they're going to get punched in the mouth. Well, I'm, I'm sure, yeah, the, the first punch that it, it comes from from Parkersburg will probably be a little jarring. And then the question is, is what does Cabell Midland do to respond to that punch? And, uh, you know, previous iterations of this group have responded resoundingly. Uh, like I mentioned, put up 63 points last year against this big red team. So uh, that was after giving up 35 so the defense bent a couple of times but didn't break over the course of the game. The offense was able to keep doing what it was doing. Um, I just don't know if Parkersburg can keep pace with Cabell Midland's scoring attack. Because, again, as I mentioned, the rushing attack has been as potent as it has been in the past, but the passing game is there more now than ever than it has been at Cabell Midland. So you know that passing game could be the biggest difference for the Knights going through the rest of the season, like I said. Looking ahead, we can look ahead. The team can't. Hopefully they haven't because after this one, it's Spring Valley coming up following that game tonight, which we'll have. And then three on the road, actually four on the road, Hurricane, Capital, Riverside, and Belfry before you finish out with three at home. But Spring Valley looms. Yeah, and they I, are I think, awaiting. You know, I think the way the schedule sets up for Cabell Midland is really great in that regard because you get to go out, you play St. Albans the first game, you know, you can get all the players that you want to get in to get some experience there in the second half with that 62 nothing win and get them that first taste of a game in a varsity action. So that's already out of the way. Now you go up to Parkersburg, you get your first road trip out of the way now here in week two and get to go experience a nice hostile environment there at Stadium Field. Then you get to come back and you get to play one of your big rivals in Spring Valley. And I think this is a nice kind of building block momentum for Cabell Midland to have these two games to lead up to that Spring Valley game at home next week. Adam Rogers joins us. Tonight is Cabell Midland with their first real test taking on Parkersburg. Stadium Field, the place to be, one of the more historic venues in the state of West Virginia. Parkersburg, definitely uh, the program when it comes to high school athletics uh, across West Virginia for so many years, and it seems like they're bouncing back quite nicely, Cabell Midland, with their first test tonight. And then no matter what happens, Spring Valley awaits all of us. Yeah, again, uh, this is a good good kind of a preview test for the, for the Knights before it takes on Spring Valley because, again, it's kind of a – I mean, from Spring Valley really kind of stays pace right there with difficulty because you go – on the road, you play Hurricane. Then, as you mentioned, you're at Capital. Riverside is, again, a program that's still trying to rebuild a little bit. And then you go down to Belfry. So I think this is a good way to start the season for the Knights to kind of build expectations up as you get into some better, stiffer competition. Adam Rogers, he'll have the call with Jason Toy. It's coming up tonight, 97-9 the River. Cabell Midland at Parkersburg. You guys will go on about 7.15? 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock, yeah. 7 o'clock airtime. You'll hear from... The head coach himself, Luke Sammons, he'll talk a little bit more with Jason about the game, give you guys some more detail about it. You get to hear from him and hear his perspective on everything. But like I said, he thinks his team's got some improvement left to go uh, before the, tonight's game. So we'll see how it all comes to fruition tonight. We Thank kick you. off at 7.30. That's right. Weird. We're, we're flipping back and forth. Cabo Midland's game, 7, 7.30 sometimes. It's, it's all over the place. We know what we got on the air late for Honey. Yeah, I know last that, week. that that Pike County Bowl was yeah. is just been devastating for Highlander fans because that's two late weeks in a row to start the year off back to back years. Devastating for the fans, but but wins. So that's all that matters. That's Gotta all w. that matters exactly. Adam Rogers, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. We got more on the drive coming up. This is ESPN ninety four point one FM and AM nine thirty. 
You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Our game tonight, it's Huntington High. They are taking on Riverside. It's also our Kindred Digital Sports Game of the Week. You can watch that game by going to WRBC.com. You can go to our Facebook page, or you can do what we hope you do. Well, me and Woody is what we hope you do. Listen to us on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Actually, this doesn't matter. Wherever you listen to it, it's going to be you and Chris Tatum all over the Internet and the radio tonight, all over the place, Woody. By the uh, way, Woody Woodrum is now with us on the program. Okay, hey, uh, look, it's game. you know what? He, it's it's week two. We you know we get our we we get our we're getting it ironed out now. I mean, <laughs> it's okay. We're good. We um, that's our only mistake so far. We're good. How are you doing? Yeah. Well, we're in Quincy, West Virginia, and here on one number one Warrior Way, getting ready for the Highlanders to take on the Riverside Warriors tonight. Highlanders coming off that 17-9 hard-fought game against uh, Belfry, continuing a long trip and everything. So driving an hour or so up here doesn't seem like anything, Paul. Uh, It's a nice evening here. It's uh, a little bit, I think, especially, you know, they're on grass tonight instead of turf. That'll help with the heat, too, and we're near the Canal River. So uh, the field looks great. I've been up here when the fields have been really terrible, but the field looks great right now. So I'm surprised they even mowed it. I thought maybe they would try to slow down the Highlanders a little bit tonight. You know, last time I was up there, um, some guy was in the press box and just had a bag of deer jerky, just offered me some deer jerky. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have some of that. So uh, if that guy's there, bring me home some. Well, I tell you, we came up the other side of the river, went uh, through Chesapeake, Marmette, and that area up Route 61, and uh, across the new bridge that's built here. And, uh, you know, it, it, this facility has always been a good facility. And, Paul, it's just been hard to figure out why Riverside has not been good since, you know, you can almost go back to the days of Randy Moss here to talk about the last great ball clubs they had. Of course, that was what, back when they were DuPont and East Bank. Of course, Chris Massey, who's in the Hall of Fame for the Herd and long snapper in the pros for 12 years, he played over at East Bank, which was across the river. But these these programs have been together since 1996, and but it's been a struggle to see some good football up here. Thought I had something going the last two years with the coach they had. They went four and six, four and six after some years of not winning a game prior to that. But then the coach got a chance to go to Nitro and left. So they've got a young guy now, and he's uh, 23 years old. Paul, you know, he's basically two years older than Trey. He'll be 21 in November. I don't know that I'd want Trey running my football program. and uh, But he is young. He ran their JV the last two years, and out of 16 candidates, he was the guy that came out the winner. So he was disappointed last week. They played Beckley very tough, 3 to nothing at the at halftime as Beckley hit a field goal just before the half ended. And then in the second half, Beckley kind of exerted things, a couple touchdowns in the third, one in the fourth. And and the Warriors played hard. They got one touchdown in the ball game. And they've got one of those, you know, South Charleston transfer seems to be big news these days. They've got one here, and uh, Jalen Elsey ran for 110 yards as the backup quarterback when the starter got hurt. So we don't know who we'll see there tonight. 
We know we won't see a couple guys for the Highlanders. Devin Jackson, who made the great catch, dislocated his ankle. He's out for the season. And uh, then there's a couple more players that might not be on the field tonight. That's a coach's decision. So we'll kind of let that lay until game time. Highlanders had a tough one last week. This one might be a little bit more of an opportunity for for Billy to get some kids out there, more playing time, see what he's got. Uh, do you kind of get that feeling as well that maybe if this one is uh, out of hand earlier or if Huntington gets a pretty good lead that Billy can maybe call off the dogs, get some kids in there, and just um, get some repetitions and come home with the win? I think if his team had played better, he might be counting on that. But he was very disappointed in the effort last week. And, and I'll tell you, Belfry was not the Belfry that won four straight state championships. They're they're kind of young themselves, although they got a big experienced line. And two lines beat on each other all night. But there were there were some key players. Billy Seals didn't really think they played very well or didn't play hard was the, well, on a couple of them. And so they addressed that this week in practice, and they worked hard. So... You know, it, it's it's too early to say they're looking for cruise control at halftime. But quite frankly, I mean, Huntington should beat Riverside along the line of like Campbell Midland did to St. Albans last weekend because those are both young teams with fairly new coaches, and they're just not ready to play at the level the Highlanders, Spring Valley, and Campbell Midland are at right now. It's been a couple of years since these two teams have met. I, I would have thought Riverside had been on the schedule almost every year, but it's been a couple of years. Huntington, of course, has been pretty dominant in the uh, last few meetings between these two schools. So I'm hoping for more of the same tonight. But why is that? I, I don't understand. This is a an easy road trip for Huntington. This is an easy road trip for Riverside. These two should maybe be on the schedule with each other every year. Yeah, you know, I I think over the past few years it's been more Ripley, and I don't think you know it was necessarily a, a, a call by Billy and them because they get I I think it's eight games are scheduled by the Mountain State Athletic Conference, and then beyond that you have to schedule two. So you know, a lot of times they schedule guys right out of the MSAC. I think Huntington before the last year and this year had a played in a, a 10 MSAC lineup, uh, 10 games, 10 teams from the league. Of course, that's changed some now. You've had people go out like Princeton, who is now eligible to play. you got that four-year period Ripley's in right now where they can't play anybody from MSAC because they left. Princeton has just gone through that. Greenbrier East has pulled out of the league. So, you know, you've lost some teams in the league, and I think that will probably force – you know, to see Huntington playing uh, Riverside maybe more often and, and GW is back on the schedule this year, uh, that's been a team they kind of hit and miss with. We might see that more often because Billy always wants to play, you know, Cavill Midland and Spring Valley no matter what, and he makes sure the league schedules that. But, uh, you know, and sometimes you just can't fill in that 10th game. And so we've seen a lot of West Virginia teams playing more Kentucky teams but a few playing over in Ohio as well. It's just hard to fill out a schedule these days. You know, if if you're a Huntington High supporter, booster, you look at those final four games on that Huntington schedule and you think, I don't like these guys. I can't wait to play these games. You've got Capital and Cabell Midland on the road, then Parkersburg, and maybe it's me going back a ways, wanting to always get Parkersburg 
as a Huntington yeah. fan. And then you got Spring Valley. That's going to be a dandy as well. So these final four games are always um, tough. And you look at the final four games and think, wow, there's there's not an easy game on this schedule. There's not. No, no. And I think the first four games are are – and they've already won the first one. I think they'll win tonight. I think they win the next two. And then they have an open date. And they can kind of assess where they are then because from there on, the next six games are going to be very tough for Huntington down the stretch. So we named the last four, and it's just the way the schedule goes out right now. Yeah, I forget Hurricane. I can't forget Hurricane. you got to mention no. them. Yeah. Oh, they're very good. And, you know, so hey, it's going to be interesting to see Hurricane tonight uh, after they got the win over Winfield, who's double-A now. They didn't exactly run away from them the way they have in the last few years. So uh, I, I thought Winfield probably didn't come away from that game unhappy, but maybe the Hurricane coach. Hurricane's going to get their real test tonight against Spring Valley. Cabell Midland's going to get their first real test tonight at Parkersburg. Um, Wayne's going to be playing Mingo Central, so things probably will get back to normal for them. Um, but for the most part, um, life in the uh, AAA ranks, and if you're Huntington, Campbell, Midland, or Spring Valley, nobody's easy on the schedule, and I think high school fans are the better for it. No, and, and you know, I heard you talking about it a little earlier. You know, it, it might mean that the teams in our areas don't have 13-0 and records. You know, they may go 12-1 and or even 11-2. and and that's a good season with the teams you've got on the schedule. So, you know, that's the biggest difference is it's just there's not too many give-me's. Uh, you know, St. Albans is still at this point a give-me. Uh, you know, Riverside right now is a give-me. Parkersburg's a very big question. They went to, uh, up to uh, Morgantown last week, and they had to lead at halftime, and then they saw them come roaring back, the Mohegan pulled out the win like 45-34 in the second half. But Parkersburg looked like they were on their way when we saw them last couple of years. And so they may be a tougher game up at Stadium Field than maybe Midland thought they'd have tonight. Yeah, I think that's Cabell Midland's first true test. Woody Woodrum will be on the broadcast. We go on the air at 7 o'clock. You can listen to Highlander football all season long right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'll be talking to you here soon, man. Gonna be a fun one All tonight. Right. All right, we'll talk to you then, Paul. Everybody tune in tonight at seven. That's Woody Woodrum. He'll be on the broadcast with Chris Tatum. For our producer Gabriel Sellers, I'm Paul Swan. Thanks for listening. This has been the drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Good night, everyone. station.